Antilio Benedito, <laughs> March 15th, 2011. My name is Etirio Benedito, a retired Portuguese oil merchant. I have been diagnosed with esophageal cancer. It has defied all forms of medical treatment, and right now I have only about a few months to live. According to medical experts, <laughs> there's a period there. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> And welcome. 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 <laughs> Be a shade. Be a shade. Uh, a four play. Uh, I am your host, uh, JJ Gaming JJ Epperson. Uh, with me is the uh, usual cast, uh, uh, Sans Mark, uh, Mark Indie Pox McDonald, who has come with <laughs> right. a strange version of the flu. Uh, send him your good wishes or After whatever. going to Indiecade last yes, week. Yes, right. Uh, and uh, that was uh, John Dark Souls Fever Dream, Ricciardi. <laughs> fever Dream. Yes, did because, I have a Fever Dream? Oh yeah, yeah, you're talking about it. You are because of your anxiety from Dark Souls. You are having crazy dreams. It's that, true, and I was having trouble sleeping the last few days. That's crazy. I do not have that problem, but that's very strange. Uh, to my left, we have Hiroko. Yet again, I have two names for you. There's uh-huh. uh, Bifun. Because okay. I don't even know what that is, and it sounds weird. Uh, and uh, <laughs> probably the better one is Hiroko Baby Swap Minamoto. Baby Swap? <laughs> Baby Swap. Where did that from come from? From your dream. From your, from your dream. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so should I explain, yeah, explain Baby Swap? <laughs> so I had a weird dream that um, I was pregnant in this dream, and I wanted to go to the bathroom. And so, but so I was thinking, okay, um, going to the bathroom with my baby in my stomach will be a little difficult. <laughs> so I just swapped my baby over to my mom. Somehow I had that, that ability. That, ability. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Quite a superpower that is. Yep. <laughs> if any of you out there know, like, read dreams and, like, kind of can look into their meanings, tell us what this means. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'd like to know what a pregnant baby swapping Hiroko <laughs> means to all of us. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, we have uh, Brendan, my stalker buddy, Richard, because yes. we are stalker buddies now. Only because you forced me to <laughs> download that awful, awful iOS 5 app, Find Your Friends, so that JJ can now always know where I am at all times. I don't think it's awful, but it is It is a it's, weird feature because it's, it's, always, it's always on. That's not true. No, no, I found you can adjust. There's how... a button that turns it off. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Because like I like, turned it on immediately. <laughs> my my brother added me before I even downloaded the app. I was kind of surprised, but it's it's weird being able to just track his movements. He's in America. Right. He lives in North Carolina, and it's just like I can see right down to the street where he is at any time. At any time, really? Yeah. So, Unless the other person presses the little option button that turns off. Right. Oh, so there is an option. There is to an option. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. According so to now some, it's making some more our, sense. Some of our friends who have been using it uh, since yesterday, like apparently you can not only that, but you can also selectively choose who can see it and who can't. So it could just be like a small group of people <laughs> right. that can see where you are at certain times and everything. It sounds uh-huh. like a useful feature. Yeah. I, yeah. When you need it and turn it on, I think it'll be very useful. But. And Otherwise, so, it's just creepy. Supposedly, yeah. if you end up in an area, you reach some proximity to one of your friends, 
like a push notification will come to tell you, you know, you're close to one of your friends. Oh, you really? Hang out. Oh. So that's something Do you I have to have it on for that. I to assume work? you'd have to be on for it to work. One weird thing that we're going on about this program that has nothing to do with our podcast, but <laughs> I find it weird that you actually, in order to uh, get the program to remember your password, you have to set a pass lock. So, like when you put your iPhone into sleep mode, you know, you have to put in a password mm-hmm. to access it. If that is not active, you cannot have it remember your password. Which oh, is, really? Yeah. So is I it like bizarre. a password for your password? Yeah, it's like That's a password bizarre. for your password. So, wait, so to what degree of specificity does this actually, like, follow people? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I know you said it will tell you wherever the person is at any time, but do you see, like, a visual? Is it like, like a dot on a <laughs> it map? Is, it's, or a something? Google, like, it's a Google map. It is. Yeah. And so you could you, it is a dot or something. Yeah, there's a dot. Wow. That is cool and somewhat creepy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's 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 like the street pass but for stalkers. Right. I don't know. I, I'm deleting this very soon after this podcast. Really? Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, we all have a little bit of uh i i device slash iOS fever, right? Yes. right? Because the iPhone 4S came out in Japan today. <laughs> yeah. But none of Did us have really one. Did it really come out because nobody could get it? That's true. <laughs> well, you guys got you guys pre-ordered and they're delivering yeah. it to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. But uh right now there there were so many people that their systems went completely down and they are not taking any iPhone activations today like really yeah, really? yeah. most wow. of the people we know who pre-ordered their iPhones were not able to get it yeah. today our hmm. intern Johnny apparently went to the nearby softbank shop 3 times today according to his twitter and could not wow get it activated really? at all. couldn't yeah. get a phone and they, and they just uh, like they said like just don't come back today Wow. Yeah. Well, the Apple Store is opening at 8 a.m. tomorrow again, which tells me they're definitely getting more stock. Right. And right. I'm going to be out tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. anyway with a bunch of our friends to go pre-order PlayStation Vita, which uh, goes up okay. pre-order tomorrow. Finally, game-related. We're oh, yes. coming back to <laughs> coming back to games. We're bringing okay. a podcast about video games. I thought it was about uh, Atilio Benedito. Our oh yes, yeah, so what's up with that? This, um, <laughs> this we, so from time to time we get spam on our uh, website email, and uh, you know. I've actually never gotten the whole I'm the Nigerian prince email thing before. <laughs> so I was really excited to get this this uh, oil tycoon guy. He wants us to actually uh, donate all of his $38 million uh... to charity <laughs> and take 10% for us. But um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Such wow. a kind soul. My favorite part is the uh, the end where he says, you know, his name, Mr. Atilio Benedito, and where he's from, which is uh, from Portugal and urgent reply needed. <laughs> so, can't wait to go to there. All right yeah. then. Yeah. So, so yeah, as we were saying, vacation. tomorrow, tomorrow so, yeah. starts pre-orders for PlayStation, for PlayStation Vita. Vita. Uh, some shops are opening at seven a.m. So uh, oh. us and some of our friends, well, me, I should say, and some of mm-hmm. our friends are heading out in the morning to do that. And then I think I'm going to swing by the Apple Store and see if I can get a phone. Wow. So you have a very no busy deal. morning tomorrow, because yes. um, after that, what are we going to do? That's right. After that, at uh, around eleven a.m., we're heading off to Tokyo Big Site for the Level Five Vision. Uh, conference right yes. which I will be live blogging for oneup.com that's yep. right yes so yeah tune into one up at I think 7 p.m. Pacific yes on Friday night American time right <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, JJ will be live blogging that I will be live blogging being snarky and humorous as usual and uh, sure and then uh, after that <laughs> uh, we'll be playing the games and stuff too but I don't know when we'll you know it's unfortunate that it's a day after we're recording this but uh, right. right hopefully oh, well. we'll if not next week, uh, we'll definitely be back on our normal schedule in two weeks with uh, to talk about that. So yes. that information will be up on One Up. Right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have some this weekend. And, right. We'll have yeah. some movies and the pictures of the uh, show and everything. Right. Mm. Check them out. Okay. Yes. So let's get into the thick of it. 
last week or last episode, I was the only one to have played Dark Souls, but now three fourths of us have played Dark Souls, and uh, I talked about it last time. I want to start with you guys, uh, John and Brendan. Uh, just maybe, just kind of tell me how you feel about the game now that you've uh, put some time into it. Well, we're all kind of hooked on it, right? right. I think everybody's hooked <laughs> yes. on it. Everybody on my Twitter feed yes. is basically playing Dark Souls right now. It's pretty entertaining to watch too, because like some of them are. Like Mike McWhorter from Kotaku has already cleared the game and is very experienced with it. Other people, like our, our friend Jake Kazdal, has like died on the first boss like fifty he, times. He's live tweeting yeah, his experiences. Like, so, yeah. But um, and I think one of the cool things about it is when you see people talking about what they're doing in the game, you know immediately exactly the location they are. You right. know exactly who they're fighting, and that shows how dedicated the game forces you to be because you're like. Oh, I remember I went to that place and I went this way and did that way. And you, you, they don't even have to go into that much detail. You just know Im- instinctively what they're talking about. And you know about. what kind of problems they right. had or about <laughs> Because to you had them. And, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing that for me anyway is, you know, last episode, I, as I said last time, I, would, I had always wanted to play Demon's Souls, but mm. hadn't. Demon's Souls being the prede- predecessor to right. Dark Souls. And now I've actually, so in between the last episode and this, I've played both about 10 to 15 hours each. I'm actually playing them <laughs> concurrently. That's, I wasn't planning wow. to, but I just like them so much. Um, and now I get it. And it's so weird yeah. to talk about it now because two weeks ago I didn't, I didn't get it. And like now it right. all makes sense to me. I know how it works. I can compare the two. Um, and I, I hope you could tell us something that, you know, we would, it, that would encourage people to want to play the game because so far, like I, the things that I hear from you guys, it just sounds like a super stressful game. And right. Yeah, and you're, you're having nightmares about it. <laughs> Does it right. sound like a no, joyful it's very game? Much a, it's very much an old school kind of hardcore dungeon crawl of a game. Right. Um, For me, it's it's like the next generation version of Zelda 2. That's 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 one way to put it, I suppose. That's yeah, reasonable. I mean, it's it's really hardcore, but it's really satisfying because, you know... So the thing, I, I don't actually remember what we said last episode because it, it seems so so long ago compared right. to like... I just remember well, JJ's yeah. frenzied flight away from <laughs> evil skeleton. Right. Right. Well, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm getting to though is that like basically, you know, the game, the way the game is structured is essentially how I could break it down now that I get it to people mm. who haven't played it is you are basically going from checkpoint to checkpoint, which is these bonfires we talked about. Right. And in between each of them is just like hell and rage yes. and major <laughs> difficulty and you're doing all you can to stay alive, uh, upgrade your equipment, collect these souls so that you can move to the next point and cash them in and level up uh, is essentially what it is. And as JJ said last time, you die so many times. It's like a big part of the game. Well, Um, I don't die that much anymore. Uh, I've got 20, 25, 26 hours. You're a fair bit of the way through. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, thanks thanks to, and I want to make a shout out to Epic Name Bro, who's this guy who does all these YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, His videos have pretty much saved me on several occasions, just not knowing where to go and then giving me hints on how to beat things and get new things, like get new items I wouldn't otherwise. And like, that's one of the, the, the biggest things about this game for me is that, that, you know, as kind of solitary and lonesome the game experience is, it relies heavily on kind of the community, right. like people exchanging right. information. You and this is why to talk to each other. This is why, like, I feel like this is a, a NES, a, a NES game brought into the next generation because totally. Back when we were kids, I mean, I don't know about Brendan. You're like what, fifteen, sixteen years old? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but when, we, when John and I were were younger, um, 
Though I guess John is a lot older than me. It's but funny, J- JJ, you're talking like the elder. <laughs> I, yeah, two he's years. the host. He's got to step the host. Yeah. Two, two, two years. But like back in the day, you know, on the bus, in the schoolyard, we'd be like, hey, man, did you burn that bush in, uh, uh, bush in Zelda? You know, it has this, this, and this. Mm. And this right. game is so like that. Like, you know, if you hit that wall, there's a fucking, uh, you know, a bonfire behind it. Or, you know, if you don't kill the wolf, he'll give you an item, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like all this stuff that's kind of handed down, like, you know. Right. Uh, it's just it it pulls you into the game and it pulls you in like and it doesn't let go and right and there's different ways to play and different ways to proceed as evidenced by Brendan and I discussing like right. fairly we're both still fairly early on yeah. I won't spoil too much but right. like you know one particular bonfire or I would say like the next bonfire to get to I went to a different one from him and the only way I knew how to even do that was by talking to other people who like you know gave me these hints about what you can do to this dragon to make him get out of the way for like a short amount of time right and this is stuff you would probably not figure out on your right. own yeah mm. if you played demon souls there's actually a very similar scene so you might have tried that but there's no guarantee you would know what to do i mean you basically got to learn this information by trading with other people right mm. right and also as we talked about briefly too there's these messages scrawled on the floor all over the place that are put in there by other players to so- sort of warn you of what's to come and they've been mostly i actually haven't found the message that really screwed me i mean <laughs> i was thinking about this today i found a few there really been a- yeah there was at least one where i was heading the right direction to a bonfire and in this game Getting to the bonfire, as John said, is the primary goal, pretty right. much in mm-hmm. all cases. There was at least one place where a message said, very um, hard enemy ahead, don't go this way. And uh, that was actually the direction of the bonfire. I ended oh, up, really? It ended up not screwing me over because I ended up coming back that way anyway. Mm. But it does every so often, some jerk will try to actually confuse you. <laughs> was it you? Was it you, JJ? Was it you? Where I am right now, there are a lot of messages that say like "shortcut this way," and it's like leading off an edge where there's obviously nothing below it. It's just kind of like people are fucking with you. I see. Anyways, John, go ahead. Yes. Well, no, but I mean, basically, those messages have been mostly pretty helpful for me, and right. they are mostly really, helpful. That was really, just one example. It's a really fascinating part of the game, but like. um you know, I was thinking, so in America, a lot of our friends just bought this game recently, probably from hearing everyone else talking about yes. it. And they all got the Xbox version, which is only available outside of Japan. In Japan, right. it's PS3 only. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, at first I was like thinking, well, you know, you guys aren't going to benefit from the added, you know, you don't have the worldwide community that the PS3 version has. Right. more players and everything. Right. But then I was also thinking, since it's just basically Western people, you're probably going to have more people trying to screw you. Because right. Japanese yes. players are more friendly and helpful in yeah. general. Oh, See, that's interesting. The PS3 version probably has more of a balance, a variety of like helpful messages. Where I imagine in the Xbox One, everybody's trying to screw everybody. Right. <laughs> I feel like there, there's a, a market difference between the Dark Soul American players and the Japanese players, uh-huh. and that is in the because this game has PvP, player versus player combat. Uh, Japanese players will duel you. Which means they will walk up to you, they will bow, <laughs> they will prepare, and then you fight. But in America, they just I mean, bum rush you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you will get get Head, headshots, <laughs> headshots, backstabs, right. you name it. If you are not watching your shit, you will get stabbed in the back and die without even seeing the dude. Right. Which is cool. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's, one's it's better a than total the other. Different it's a different play style, right? But it is a different uh, experience. And uh-huh. um, how much PF, PBP have you done? None. Yeah, none. I have I have done some uh you know, I called some people into my world For to help, help me beat yeah. this boss and it was really cool. Like And it worked because yeah, it, a lot of people were complaining about their connections dropping. It did not work first try. Like I had to summon a couple people to get it to work. But when it did, it was great. And it was like it, it kind of made me think like 
what if there was like a Monster Hunter game set in this world? That would be pretty cool. But then I thought, <laughs> reading leads back to but then, I, but then I thought, I was like, the monsters in this game are so hideous and like disgusting. Like, I would never want to wear these guys' armor. Like, uh, <laughs> like there's this one boss I that see. has just got like little spiders coming out of it. Like, Ew. it just makes your skin crawl. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I want this armor. But, but yeah, then again, your character in this game is already hideous because you started right. as a zombie anyway. Yeah, so. I know. Uh, if you ever let the camera close up on your ooh, face, you are pretty disgusting. And, and horrifying. A, a lot of the bosses are kind of Monster Hunter-esque where there are these huge things and you're just kind of like looking for the tells and all that stuff. So, but they're like huge, I, disgusting things. Right. There's a, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. There's a pretty butterfly. There is. And she was really easy. Uh, but there's this one monster called the Gaping Dragon, and I'll just let you kind of imagine what that means. Okay. Yeah, but uh. it's it's the gaping, gaping dragon. I'm okay. making these... <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I feel like Monster Hunter has kind of prepared me for this game a bit. Right, I see. Mm. I see. Well, yeah, yeah in, in, basically, it's been punishing, but it's been really, really enjoyable. And, right. And um, definitely... And, you know, playing Demon Souls, actually something really interesting for those of you who have played demon souls maybe haven't played dark souls yet is i think demon souls does a better job of preparing you for the game world like the the main difference between the two games is demon souls has a hub basically right. which you go you independently go to different worlds via this hub which is the nexus dark souls is an open world so there's you're in the world and that's it you're always in the world basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think you know in demon souls you kind of start out they you kind of have to go to this hub they basically kill you in the beginning of the game and you learn a lot about the game you learn about how equipment works you learn about you know how collecting souls works and everything like all this information that in dark souls they tell you it's, no, almost you nothing. have to seek it out i mean <laughs> if you don't seek it out yeah they don't really explain humanity which is right. a new concept in dark souls they don't really explain um they don't explain a lot of things basically yeah. and so you kind of are lost and so i is felt that like good or bad uh to me i well it's <laughs> It's definitely appealing if you're in, if you're up for like a punishing experience. But I will uh-huh. say I thought Demon Souls I liked Demon Souls beginning better because I thought it better prepared me for what I was doing in the game. I like see. you shouldn't have to like. I mean, in a way, it's cool. Like JJ said, it's like the NES days. You have to ask and talk right, to your friends, right. but right. you really shouldn't have to like do that for like core gameplay elements. You know, yeah. like you should at least understand how like the basic. Yeah, concepts they of the should game have are. explained things like humanity, which is uh, for those Ex- who don't know, is this item that if you use it, you gain humanity points, which will allow you to become a human, mm-hmm. and, and as opposed to a hideous zombie. <laughs> right, and when you're a human, you can. Uh, that's when people can invade your world, and mm-hmm. you can go to other people's worlds and stuff. And like the that. higher your humanity, the more th- you might get more. Uh, like you might have better item drops, you right, might have right. better conversations with NPCs. Like it's it's to your benefit to have your humanity go up. Mm. Also, you can kindle a bonfire to get more health uh, flasks. But as, like as the yeah. flasks. they don't really explain any yeah. of this stuff. No, none no, of that they is don't. explained at all. In fact, one of the things they don't even explain is when you receive the humanity item. I just assume that I have that item and that that it works like that. Uh, you actually you know, have, to, you have to use you actually it. have to use right. the item for it to uh, function. Right. I didn't figure that out for a long time. So mm-hmm. Dark Souls has a feeling to me that, and I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't have any insider info, or whatever. But it feels to me like um, they needed another three months to let it finish up, basically. Like, and what happened was, you know, Namco had already the publisher Namco had already mm-hmm. decided this release date worldwide, and they couldn't miss it no matter what. And you know, the game feels like it came out slightly rushed out the door. Mm. Um, there's not even an intro. Like if you leave the title screen on, there's no, there's no real, there's no demo or anything. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's just like there. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that so much. Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. I'm just saying, it, I'm saying it's, it's evidence of them not necessarily having got as much time to work on the game as they probably right. wanted to. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, it shows in some areas where the frame rate like drops into the <laughs> single digits. <laughs> right. But the first game, to be fair, it does that later really? on as well in some areas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not that bad, but still, it's kind of like ah, chugging along. It's, right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like I feel like 
Zelda's got a lot of live up to this year because this is like straight up to my top of the list game of for the year. Game, game of the year, really? without a wow. doubt. Yeah, like, oh, cool. like I mean, I pretty much stopped playing Monster Hunter when really? I got stuck <laughs> in it. That's right. Like, John was like for a few days. I was like basically like, "Hello, anybody out there?" <laughs> want to play Monster Hunter and I'm just like, me? "No." Uh-huh. And Kilfu, the guy, uh, another guy we uh, we hunt with, is the same thing. It's just like I I can't think about Monster Hunter anymore because oh, because he started playing. Yeah, he got and addicted like, to wow. Dark Souls. Yeah. And like I tar- uh, I started to kind of like blend the two. Like I would play a little Monster Hunter, uh-huh. but like I was so used to the Dark Souls controls that I couldn't play Monster Hunter right anymore. Really? And, like, every- how's, how's your wife taking this? She, <laughs> you know, it's funny because there. Are um, she's kind of in a love-hate relationship with it because, uh-huh. uh, you know, she likes to make fun of me when I'm not doing well. But, like, there's this there's this one monster earlier on. Uh, you guys, I don't think you have gotten to it yet, but he's Probably coming up not. soon. He's known as the Capra Demon. And uh, he's, like, infamous for being one of the hardest bosses earlier on in the okay. game. And uh, I, I swear to God, I fought him, like, 20 times. My wife saw every time. And she's like, we're just, like, talking to each other. It's like, how are we going to do this? This is impossible. I just walk in the room and he kills me every fucking time. <laughs> it's like I can't. That's so frustrating. I can't get past him. And like it was frustrating. This is the one time where I just put the controller down and like it, it, this happened over a couple days even. And we just kept going. And I'm like, I, I told my son who doesn't even understand what I'm saying. And I was like, Haruki, I'm going to beat this fucker today. I didn't say fucker. Uh, I'm going to beat him today. Just watch daddy. He's going to win. And uh, he respond. He just he bit onto something <laughs> and, and drooled and, and screamed. Uh, but so like I you know I'm playing this boss and my wife puts my son to sleep and we're sitting there together. He's asleep. The lights are all off. I finally win and like <laughs> it's like the most hilarious air high five voiceless <laughs> shout you could ever. it was like like I don't know if you can see this or, well, I'll, I'll kind of, of simulate for it, see it <laughs> I mean hear it but it was like a, <laughs> and then like like an air high five like, and we were both really excited for it so there are moments like that where you just like this and then this is also part of the draw of the game is that it's just like these moments where you feel so triumphant yep right right and like you know a lot of people slam this game for its difficulty, and a lot of people won't even play it because they've heard so much about its difficulty. It's not that hard. Mm. It is a game that rewards you for your right. your paying the, attention for I paying think attention it's, it's seriously. Yeah, paying attention for, for paying attention and yeah. going slowly. Don't right. rush into a room because if you rush into pretty much any room in this game, you're gonna die. Right. And another <laughs> you will another, die. another major tip that I wish the game told me or somebody told me, but I, mm. I had to figure it out myself is fight one enemy at a time. Exactly. Like, yes. They gang up on you, you are screwed. Even right. like three gimped, like you know, regular enemies, mm-hmm. wimpy guys will destroy you basically if you let them get you at right. the same time because you just can't. It's realistic. You can't. You're blocking on one, and other guys hitting you from behind, and you just you can't handle it because it mm. throws you into a hit stun, and you can't move. Yeah. Right. Like I liken this game to, like, take Halo Three. You would never run into a room in Halo 3, run into the middle, and just start shooting shit willy-nilly, right? Right, you play cautiously. Yeah, you would play cautiously, you would hide behind something, you would watch the AI, you would throw grenades and stuff like that. Dark Souls is that. Right. It is like the the tactical action game, Hmm. you know? It's a good way to put it, I think. Right. Exactly. I definitely got even Metal Metal Gear senses from certain areas, the way the the layouts are set up where you have to go up and around enemies, hit them from behind. Right, you have to kind of sneak around it, definitely. I see. Cool. Oh, any any other tips for people? No, who... I think that for starters, mm-hmm. I think the biggest one was like I said, definitely take on one enemy at a time, and like like we just said, pay attention. Like you see how you're gonna die, but 
pay attention to how you die. Right. Pay attention mm-hmm. to how they move. Like I'm a pyromancer, which is a very good starting uh, uh, class because he can he has this fireball spell that mm-hmm. he can use in addition to his melee attacks. And like, you know, what I found pretty early on is like distance yourself enough so that the the fireballs hit enemies' feet, and like regardless of their shield, they'll burn up. It's realistic. If you hit the shield, oh. they'll block it. But if you hit their feet, they'll burn. So like, you know, mm. think about stuff if, like if, that. But if you are too far away, they won't hit. Right, it's yeah. all, but you know, the nice thing is you can move and attack in this game at the same right. time. So, yeah, you know, things like that. You just kind of watch how you play and pay mm-hmm. attention. It's right. really good. In fact, I want to go home and play yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> every, it's, and that's the thing about this game. Every time I talk about it, every time I see something about it, I just want to go you home and play, go back it and play it more. <laughs> like, uh, the, the weekend I officially got hooked, I was watching, like, the, the guy I mentioned before, Epic Name Bros videos. Uh-huh. Like, I would play forever and I would get stuck and I would just die. And then I'd go and watch his videos, and then it would just put me right back in the mood. Mm. Right, right. And I would just go in there and play, and we're like, well, what if I try this? And what right. if I get this? Oh, I got the ninja armor. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Speaking of videos, by the way, before we move on, yes. um, well, that one video I gave you today, uh, how do you, Machinima? Ma- I, I, Mas- I don't know how to I've heard that, that word pronounced a hundred different ways. Machinima, Machinima. I say Machinima because it okay. comes from the word machine, right? Sure. Well, they I have mean, a really sure. funny, uh, what is it called? Two Best Friends, I Two think? Best Friends funny played video Dark Souls. Two guys playing Dark Souls for like 10 minutes. It's really, it's got, you know, it's a little spoilery. It shows some of the earlier bosses. Yeah. But it's, it's really worthwhile. It's pretty funny. We'll, we'll put it in, a, yeah, put a link in the show notes. Yes. And especially if you've played the game, every single thing they've done, you've probably right, done. Right. <laughs> you can definitely relate too. with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right. Well, we should move on. We, we'll probably talk about this a little more in next episode, too, because uh, I know Mark is over playing it right now with our friend Jake in right. Seattle. Yeah. So we want to hear what he thinks, too. Yeah. And he was kind of down on it for a little while. So in the beginning, but yes. I think he'll see the light. He, he seems to have changed his tune even on Twitter lately. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, that brings us to our next topic, which is actually hot off the presses uh, Final Fantasy XIV 2.0. Reborn. The, <laughs> the complete and total remake. Of Final Fantasy XIV, it's like Square what? saying, "Hey guys, we totally fucked up. We're gonna <laughs> read starting over. We're yes. just gonna start over." This is fresh news. This this news broke like, like fifteen minutes before yeah, we yes. started recording too. And, and it's just like it's crazy. It is ballsy. Like <laughs> so, what I, is that that you have in your hand? This is a oh God. I want to say it's like twenty page document. Mm-hmm. It's like, like a design document. Right, let's right. slow down and go from the beginning yeah, and explain right. this okay. properly. For it, so, for those who don't know, Final Fantasy XIV came out a year ago. It was terrible, slammed across the board, uh, slammed so hard that they completely changed the development team, um, made the game free-to-play for the whole year, and still is free-to-play, uh, not for much longer, according to these documents. But uh, And they've just been slowly kind of trying to build the game that it was supposed to be. Right, they're trying um, to fix it, exactly. Mm-hmm. But apparently they realized that that was going to be impossible, and uh, so they have decided to just completely rehaul everything. The graphics, the servers, the UI, everything. Basically the, ma- the, the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> just to step back a second. the way I will say the way I interpreted this is I don't think this is necessarily a new decision. I think they decided this along, according to the wording in there, Wada's yeah. statement, I think they decided this a long time ago. They just didn't make it a public thing until now. So right. Right. this has probably been in the works for a good six months now or something. Mm. But they are basically, yeah, redoing the game entirely. Yeah. So today they announced that? The, yes. Today they announced it. Mm-hmm. They, and they released these documents. It's just like, this is not a usual thing for a Japanese no, company. To definitely re- unprecedented. Like these, uh, we deal with game documents. Sometimes we even translate like these kind of game documents for companies. These things do not make it out into the public. 
And Most they of them, just, they don't want these things seen by the public. Right. Yeah. But these are, like, fully downloadable by everybody. They're being super open about it. So uh, is it, like, English translations, by the way. Yeah, it's a game design document detailing every point mm-hmm. on how they're going to change the game. Mm. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty... Yeah. It's very... Like, if there's one... I mean, they, they probably realize by now they have to win back their fans' trust, and this is definitely one, you know, step in that direction. Right. right. Sure. And, and, you know, I talk a lot of shit about Square, but I feel like this is a great move for them. Mm. I mean, it, it may be a little too late because they, say that, think. they say that it's actually going to be finished in 2013 and the PlayStation 3 version is not coming out until 2013. Right. Mm. That's, yeah, well, people will be able to start playing it next year and the beta is going right. to happen next year. And I mean, but not until late next year. Right. Mm. But I mean, you know what? It, you tell them this now and they'll get, they'll get used to it and that'll be fine. Right. I mean, I'm True. sure they'll have a bunch of other and, crap in the meantime. And for PC, it won't really matter so much. Right. But also, you know, the screenshots look freaking they good. They look amazing. amazing. Like, if they're real, I don't, they almost look like, you know, bull shots. I mean, they're so nice. Right. It's like, you, you know, whenever you see a MMO screenshot, you're like, oh, that looks great for an MMO. Right. This looks great for a game. Right. Period. For any, any game. kind of game. Just like, what? Is this a, really? Yeah. MMO? Come on. Also, there's a health bar for the Chocobo. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and everybody has titles, yeah. like the Lady Killer. I like that one. Yeah. John, <laughs> that'll be yours. Thank um, you. Dragon Slayer they call me. stuff like that. Yeah. No, it's just like, it looks... I mean, there's a lot going on in the screenshot, but it just, like, immediately, I have now have faith in this game. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested again. I mean, I was I said this a long time ago, but I was always interested. I wasn't that interested when it was, like, falling apart, but I was right. going to wait for the PS3 version, and I think I still, this now... <laughs> You're going to be waiting a while. I know. <laughs> well, you know what? By then, I will actually have a gaming PC, I think because of the Diablo 3 and PSO, right. like, I'm probably going right. to buy one, but, so I'll, yeah. I'll be but ready for it. One of the things they said was, right now, the current Final Fantasy XIV, the specs are so high, unless you unless you have a gaming PC, you're not going to be able to play it. They said they're actually going to start scaling it so that people with, you know, regular speed PCs... People with MacBook Airs who try to play Diablo 3, right. like me. Maybe not that, maybe not that <laughs> low, but... They actually said they're going to try to scale it so that the PS3 version and also people with ordinary PCs, as, right. as opposed to super-powered things, will, will be, be able, able to play, to play it. it. Yeah. Good. I mean, Good. that's smart. And it's just like, uh, where do you even start with all this stuff? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, I don't want to go into details because it's... Right. I mean, any of you can find this online boring. and check it out. And maybe right. we should put Is a link on their to this website? Oh, yeah, as yeah, well. we should do that. Yeah, I already oh. tweeted it. But yeah, I mean, we, we'll put a link to this in the show notes, too. Uh, but I mean, it's really interesting. And they're doing a lot of cool stuff with it. And yeah. yeah. I think it's great. I'm mm. excited. Wow, just wow. <laughs> like, yep. yeah. Oh, They're just leaping through, like, a big pile of... It's just, it never ends, all yeah, these pages And, and that's things. not even all of them, because there was the other set other of documents, documents that were even more detailed. They have right. concept oh, art, right. and they have... A roadmap, like, yeah. like a full detailed list of how they're going to develop internally. It's and cool. people who are currently suffering through the current Final Fantasy XIV, their data will be passed over, they said. You right, could, although they, they're free, it sounds like they're free... free to, uh, Play time is up soon. That's yeah. true. Start yeah. So, and again. this is kind of like the kind of the bad part of the news. Right. Is that this is the bad news. It sounds like they're going to be using the current shitty game to kind of help fund the <laughs> maybe. But you know what? They probably have to. You, you don't. But you don't game. have to pay. There, nobody says you have to play. I mean, you could just stop that paying and decide to play when it gets done. And they're That's even true. they're even going so far as to cancel auto renewals. Before the uh, the the pay thing goes on, so people right. don't. You know, they end probably up realize like the game is going to be completely different anyway. So it's like people now, if they can just get some of their you know loyal um, core users to actually keep play- paying for it, then right. that's like extra money in the bank. And Why not do that? It you know? sounds like they will be like you know actively supporting those people by putting in like in-game events and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, that will make it at least a little interesting while you wait for the real new game. Yeah, at the least game that it was supposed to be. At least one of the documents specifically says. Where was it? 
that they talk about they have some plot discussion here and there, but it says, but be forewarned, these events can only be experienced by those in Eorzea today. So they'll probably be doing things today. for the players. Like, so maybe today. like they're people who they're going to reward. <laughs> today. They're going to, they're going to, it sounds like they're going to reward players who kind of jump on now. Yeah. Right. You know? And that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pay for it now yet, but I, because uh, no. I, you know, I'm the kind of person who wouldn't have enough time to devote to it anyway, but I think I'm definitely going to try it when it comes out for sure. Right. Yes. A, a year and change from, <laughs> a year now. from now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, pay, PlayStation 4 is going to be that. on the horizon by the time this comes uh, out. It's very well, late in the we'll PS3. And, the, you know, look at what Final Fantasy XI was very late in the PS. Uh, That's true. Whatever, true. twos. And Final uh, Fantasy XI is still going, it's not going strong, but it's still, right. pop, there are still players. Yeah. <laughs> it exists. Well, yeah. Anyway, just. Crazy. Okay. And so uh, next bit of news, uh, Gabe Newell of Valve is kind of being a little ominous about Apple and their, yeah, well, the world just is saying ending. things that kind of like scare people. Uh, basically, um, he was talking about the kind of potential for Apple to join in the home console business and how that may be bad for the home console business. Mm. You know, I really couldn't parse out the details of what he was trying to say. He was trying to say that, like, they were trying to bring the end to the open environment of consoles. Like, I feel like Apple's more open than the console would be. Well, I, well I think, maybe he's talking about, I mean, if you look at Apple versus, like, say, Android or whatever, yeah. it's very close, right? I mean, they right. kind well, of, yeah. but I think there's, I, I'm still one of the people who thinks that's good. Like, I think you need some quality, some level of, it's not like Apple has a lot of quality control, but, like, some level of quality control. You know, Android crashes all the time. Like, yeah. my iPhone does not crash. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, right. very rarely. I mean. But I think specifically what he's talking about, and th- this was a big deal, was when he appeared on the PlayStation stage that one time to announce that Portal 2 was going to be for PlayStation 3. And what he was what he was so happy about was the fact that PlayStation 3, the PSN, allowed Portal 2 players to play over Steam. Right. Which is an entirely different platform. And that's what I think he's most concerned about, is that there won't be this interconnectivity between different platforms. Mm. It's just going to be all, you know iTunes or the App Store. It's just going to be all the Android market. And what he wants, I think, well, this is I'm speaking for him here, but what I right. what I think he wants is more interconnectivity so that, you know, PS3 players, Xbox players, etc. can play games like Portal 2 across platform, which right now PSN's pretty much the only one you can do that with. You can't do it over Xbox as far as right. I know. So he, he kind of goes on to say a little bit of what it means. Uh, platform providers that used to, uh, used to use their role to enable developers instead view themselves as more rent guys who are essentially driving their par- partner margins to zero. Meaning that I guess that Apple takes a huge cut of right. uh, app games, uh, right. App, right. Uh, downloads and stuff like that. Uh, they build a shiny sparkling thing that attracts users and then they control people's access to those things. Hmm. Uh, I, I just don't see how that's any different than what we have now. Uh, uh, and then he goes on to say something just like totally like uh, uh, tinfoil hat. Very large structural investments and structural changes are coming over the next few years that will threaten people who create value building things like open internet. And like, right, apparently then. when he said yeah. that, like the crowd just went silent and it's just kind of like, Tuesday. <laughs> well, next year together. is 2012. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And just, yeah. Uh, I mean, people have been saying that for ages. I don't think, I mean, I can sort of see where he's going. I think his primary fear is that they become these enclosed boxes. You can only play mm. on iTunes or not iTunes, but on the app store, you can only play on PSN right. and you never see any other player in any other 
platform ever. And what he wants, I think, is just for everyone to play the same games and be able to interact with each other regardless of what platform they're on. Him and Dennis Dyack should get together (laughs) one console. I I like the idea of a one console future as long as that (sighs) one console can be like any sort of configuration. Like a Philips CDI. You know, I, <laughs> a wonderful I, I don't example. even want to get into this because I'm so against that idea. We could, we don't have, you know, what something we didn't mention at the top of the show is actually we have a very limited amount of time today as well. Oh right, so yes, we we're keep... not, we're not going to be taking a break. We're just going, yeah. we're plowing through this crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we should, we should keep moving. Yes. Plowing through the ship. Uh, PlayStation didn't get hacked, but a lot of passwords were compromised through Saw that ninety-three thousand people. Point zero one percent of PSN, SEN, and SOE people. Got, uh, yeah, passwords. I don't want to kick from them. other websites. They've, you know, this one doesn't seem as much there. Right. I mean, they actually nothing got. Basically, people guessed people's passwords based on their other passwords. So it's <laughs> right. not like it really Sony's fault site. this time. Yeah, uh, it wasn't their fault, and they were open about it, and it was a really good yeah. response. Uh, so uh, good deal. Ups yeah. to uh, Sony on that one. We'll uh, forgive so you this time. <laughs> something a little bit more related to us being people who live in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this won't actually be a thing in America, but uh, video games will be priced differently online than they will be in stores. Right, uh, which is how it is for PSP in Japan. Right, only. in Japan. Mm. And and actually, it's a little bit more drastic than it was in the PSP days because in PSP, it was usually like a, you know, a 500 yen, a $5 difference. Here, we have kind of like iPhone-like uh, sales with uh, Ridge Racer being only 2,980 yen, uh, which, which is, is very like, cheap for Japan. Right, it's about the down, This is for the download About version. 30 bucks. Uh, no, 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 no. F- it's not 30 bucks. It's well, like I, 40 bucks, but it, I mean... It says 39 here, but l- let's right. just 100 yen and $1. Sure. Uh, for the same time period. And then it will raise up to uh, 3,580 yen. Um, yeah, so afterwards. like for like a month or two, they have discounted pricing. Right. And that's $10 less than the store version, which right. will be 3,900, which is already dirt cheap for a Japanese... That's like the equivalent of in America probably having like a twenty nine ninety nine or like a twenty four ninety nine game. Right. And, and this cheap. is just outrageous because the launch three DS Ridge Racer <laughs> game cost six thousand yen, sixty dollars, right. <laughs> almost double. Yeah, and double the download won't version. have the graphics. Right. And it's just, I mean, okay, it makes me wonder: is this game kind of just like scan on features, right? Or are, is Sony like saying to people, price your games low? We are competing against. Apple, right. not Nintendo. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. It's, hopefully it's a little bit of that. Hopefully it's not so much the features. Maybe it's, you know, they're realizing that we can't keep selling the same Ridge Racer game for $60 right. over and over again. You right. Know what I mean, and, and, you and know, I'm a fan, so I'm not, I mean, I will buy it, but, you know. Is this going to be one of your launch games? I mean, at this point. It's one of my two launch of, games. Yeah, the other, like, the other one is golf. Like, my two launch games are the same two as PSP. Like, really? it's kind of a. That's yeah. funny. Oh, I guess I, I might end up playing Uncharted. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm excited for Uncharted, but. I'd rather just play Uncharted 3 on PS3. Like right. that does not mm. need to be a, a handheld game to me. So, mm. so well, here, here's a question: what What would be the primary benefit of buying it in the store aside from just having it on? Well, some people like holding their games. I right, I but I, I'm not going to spend no. 1,500 yen for that. I suppose <laughs> one gonna... minor benefit is you might have do you you can save your game to the card presumably instead of needing your own. Uh, uh, that that's a good point. Also, it... you know, if you lose your data or something, you would still have the game itself in your hand. That's I don't know true. if you can, I don't know their terms of usage on It should be the same games. as PS3 yeah. and PSP, which is pretty good. I mean, they let you re-download stuff and everything, so. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. Well. But yeah, games, and the, the variety between prices is interesting too because you have Ridge Racer on one end. Um, right. We're going with package prices now, but that's 39.80 yen. And then, uh, what was the more expensive one? It was... The uh, Army Corps of Hell will be 5,980 yen. 
right? Which is twenty dollars more essentially, yeah. more or less. And then uh, Uncharted was also what? Uh, it's around the same. 80, I think. Yeah. Are, are these download prices or these are the retail prices. retail prices? Uh, apparently, the exact same price as the PS3 version. Uh, yeah, and yeah. also the same, a similar price range to PSP launch games, but it's too much. Like it's like that's with the well, you know what? It's hard to compare Japanese and American pricing because right when we say fifty nine eighty yen, that does equate to like seventy five dollars. But you can't, you kind of can't use the exchange rate because to Japanese people, it's no different from fifty nine eighty yen ten years right. ago. You know what right. I mean? So in a sense, it's not that crazy overpriced. But at the same time. So if you even if you do do the hundred yen exchange, that's basically sixty dollars for a handheld game versus like you know thirty or or forty was what you guys are used to in America. Right, it's way overpriced. It's like Japanese people buy DVDs too that are like sixty dollars. It's like for two episodes of two episodes. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. People are used to overpaying for stuff here, and that's kind of a shame. Like I kind of wish they would change that and start to see like. That stuff does not need to be this expensive. They need to bring down the prices. Right, you know, and, like, next-gen games uh, range anywhere from, like, 6,800 yen to 8,800 yen. Like, yeah. uh, we were talking about uh, uh, Nino Kuni and uh, some other game I can't remember. Right. Expensive. Yeah, just coming out at ridiculous prices. People oh. will buy them. It's yeah. just it's ridiculous. Yeah. 89, mm-hmm. even if the exchange rate was normal, that's $89. But with the exchange rate, it's, like, 110 or something, yeah. or 115. And, and it's it's still low compared to the, the Famicom days where Koei titles, like... <laughs> Uh, Three Kingdoms and Nobunaga's Ambition well, like $120 were were a hundred and Ichiman Nisen Gohyakuen. Sorry right. for the Japanese people, but uh, you know, probably the equivalent of you know one hundred seventy bucks now. Yeah, wow. yeah it's pretty yeah. crazy. It's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, moving on. So yes, um, we don't have much time to talk about things, but uh, if you have a lot of UMDs for your PSP, there might be a solution coming for your Vita. Uh, At least in Japan, yeah. anyway. <laughs> apparently, uh, there was some sort of Sony sales briefing, and uh, news got out that Sony is looking into offering a service where owners of UMD games can get a download version of the same game at a special price. But they haven't yet how said how, price. right? Because right. I just don't... How are you going to do that apart from like... Like in Japan, I could see bringing in your game to a shop or something and trading yeah. it in because Japan Getting is... A code you can or do something? stuff like that yeah. here. But like... Right. Otherwise, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, rub rub your UMD up against the Vita and, like, it recognizes <laughs> maybe, it or maybe, maybe, maybe it is a feature of the camera. Camera will look and say, <laughs> take, a, take a camera. Of, no, or but, it'll scan the barcode. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But every, bar, every game would have the same barcode. So what's to stop you from handing your game to all your friends and letting them get the game at a discount? Well, they'd still too? have to pay uh, for a discount. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to get it, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I, I'm really curious to see how this turns out. And hopefully yeah. by next episode, we'll know. What do you think the price is going to be? Just guess. I, I, it should be like ten bucks. I don't want to. Like, yeah. I'm already rebuying yeah, I something I own. Five hundred yen. I was, yeah, I was thinking five hundred or yeah. three hundred even. Mm-hmm. Maybe I hope so. Yeah, I, yeah, that would be nice. But I, I think it's more likely what John said. I'm thinking a thousand yen, maybe even fifteen hundred. Speaking of a thousand yen, uh, some PlayStation <laughs> Two games coming out on the PSN. Yes, out uh, already. Out already. Yeah, out already. This came. This news is super old, but we are a super late podcast, so we're talking about it now. God Hand, best action game ever. Uh, Grim Grimoire from uh, Vanillaware. Not really, really best. odd game. It's kind of a. I would try it out if you're just interested in it's, unique it's kind gameplay. Of an RTS. Game. Yeah, it's weird. Odd. Uh, Maximo, totally underrated game. John, what do you really? think? Uh you know what? I bought Maximo because it came with free heart underwear in Japan. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I actually Maximo to me was actually disappointing because really? as a at the time, they launched that during the however many year drought of not having Ghosts and Goblins games, right? So mm-hmm. that's why we bought it, and it wasn't really Ghosts and Goblins to me. No, I mean, it's it was not. a pretty okay 3D action platformer, but no. I wouldn't buy it again now for sure. Uh, Odin Sphere, uh, unfortunately, apparently the uh, frame rate problem is not fixed. 
Because these, all these games are emulated, apparently. Right. But that's the gem of the bunch, I think, for sure. That's right. probably the best game. Well, well okay. God, God Hand, Hand maybe, is, but... actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. God Hand, without a question. Interestingly, Same two of the four fact. games. Two oh, the four and then games there's uh, Ring of Red as well. Oh, wait, how many games is that? That's, That's five uh, games. One, two, three, four, five. five, yes. Okay, well, two of them are from Vanillaware, which yeah. makes you think, like, probably it has to do with the fact that they're 2D yeah, and probably 2D. a little easier to emulate or yeah, something. Yeah, none of these games were particularly taxing on the system. Mm. God Hand is actually pretty ugly graphically. There's <laughs> right. not much going on in that game. Yeah. Uh, Monster is pretty, but it's 2D. <laughs> but apparently they're out for nine ninety nine. I would uh, suggest go getting God Hand. Yeah, I think the big news is that the nice news about this is PS2 games finally out on PS3 right. on the store. Hopefully, they'll be playable on Vita. We'll see. Hmm. That's what it needs to be. But Speaking of Vita, <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter 3G is coming with a uh, special edition 3DS system with a fancy decal. What does that have to do with Vita? It has nothing, nothing. to do with Vita. <laughs> it's All a right. handheld system. Um, and the special edition system will also be the new white, ice white oh, yes. right. ice. Uh, color. White is the new black. So yes. basically, it's a special edition 3DS with the ugly Monster Hunter scribbling on it. Sadly, it's not that nice. The, oh, really? Yeah. I want to I stop and talk about special edition systems <laughs> real quick because, like, I it is a pet peeve of mine when a, they release a quote-unquote special edition system. All it is is the goddamn regular system with a sticker on it. <laughs> I could go... I mean, it's not actually a sticker. Oh, like, well, I mean, it, it, for all intents and purposes... I know, I know. It is a sticker. That's why the PS, the special Monster Hunter PSP that I have is the nicest thing ever, because it actually has a different analog stick. It right. has those, like, those like mm, yeah. love handles in the back, and it's, <laughs> love got, handles. And it's got nice designs on the system, like etched into the system yeah and it's like right. a special color i you know if it was a special color that'd be cool right when uh, i heard this announcement my immediate reaction was i'm buying it but then i thought about it and it's like no i don't want an ugly yeah. 3ds i already, have, I already have two 3ds it does come with the game though um i'm just gonna buy the game and frankenstick combo yeah, yeah. speaking of which uh, did you see the the box for the frankenstick combo no. the uh the main uh, monster baracadios or however you pronounce it Bracidios, looks like he is know. high off his mind it looks and like, his head he it looks like he has a pair of green glowing breasts on his head. <laughs> uh, All right then. Yeah. Anyways, um, so this weekend we will be going to the uh, level five world fun time, as we said at the beginning of the oh. show. Um, That's tomorrow. A little, for us. a little. Yes, that'll be tomorrow for and us. And for you, we're putting up this podcast like right after we record it. So. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so some of the stuff that's being announced there kind of came out of Famitsu this week. Uh, one kind of the big one. Mm-hmm. Well, I, is this the big one? Uh, it's kind of caused the most clamor on the internet. Uh, Time Travelers, the kind of like the big game of last year's Level 5 Vision, right. uh, is now being ported to PSP and Vita. So it's As no well. longer 3DS mm. exclusive. Um, and that's good because I would yeah. want to play a game like that on Vita probably the most, I think. Yeah. You know? yeah it's, I, it's a visual kind of oral experience, you know? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome, I think. And uh, they also announced a new game or a series of or a set of games called Guild Zero One or Guild One. I don't know how to pronounce it. Right, yeah. and this is cool looking. It's yeah, cool. no, th- so they stole my idea. Like, <laughs> <That's> actually, <laughs> well, no, my 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 idea. I'm just gonna say it now is the video game version of Rochamon, where you have three or four developers kind of take their own take on a story. But this is close. Uh, this is it's a really- bunch of game developers <laughs> kind of building small games to be put in this kind of uh, grab bag. Four-in-one sort right. of thing. Four-in-one right. sort of thing. a really good idea, actually. Yeah, no, I think more, it's a, people haven't done more of this. So uh, the people involved are Suda51 of Grasshopper, kind of mm-hmm. making like this uh, 3D rail shooter, it looks like. I, mm-hmm. There weren't details um, 
in Anoop's article. Thanks, Anoop. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Matsuno of Final Fantasy XII, Final oh. Fantasy Tactics fame is going to be making some sort of RPG-ish thing. What's called it called? Crimson something? Crimson Shroud. Okay. Crimson Shroud. Crimson Shroud. It's uh, exciting. Yut Saito of Seaman. Uh, Odama and Seaman fame and uh-huh. uh, Sim Tower mm-hmm. and uh, some other games. Um, it's going to be making a game called Airporter. This just like blows my mind. You uh, apparently play as the head of an airport and you are in charge of uh, keeping luggage on time and have like luggage. <laughs> and the right. Sounds like a bad iPhone Sounds game. Sounds like a Yutsido game. Uh, yeah. Uh, a new uh, kind of uh, coined the phrase airport luggage management simulation. <laughs> nice. But yeah, and it like apparently, you know, you do so well that uh, you kind of play host to a the arrival of Air Force One eventually and very nice yeah so, so it's where you you carrying the icbm codes and you're yeah. in your luggage it's just it's crazy like uh you know but this is the kind of game that could probably only come out in this fashion so that's, sure. that's right. pretty cool it, it very, or on iphone for or on iPhone. right it very much feels iphone i really hope they do release it on iphone at some point and then there was one by a comedian not even a game designer uh-huh. a japanese comedian belongs to the duo american zarigani which i oh. think translates to lobster I guess so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Lobster. Yeah. Lobster, yeah. Um, and his name is uh, Yoshiyuki Hirai. He's not very funny, just so you know. <laughs> um, but um, his game is called Rental Bukia Omase. It's like, uh, you know, leave it to the rental weapon shop. Okay. And it's, it's like a weapon shop simulator. Right? right, yeah. You play as a father and son, uh, you know, duo who runs this uh, RP. You know, RPG weapon right. shop. The first thing I thought of immediately, I'm sure most people, was Dragon Quest IV, right? Because one chapter in that game, you are a father who has a son who runs a weapon shop, basically. Right. And uh, it sounds pretty cool. Like, you know, they talk about how your the way you stock your store affects the heroes that come by your stuff. Because if you don't have the right weapon, they may fail their quest. Right. And right. you can keep tabs on their quests and stuff like that. So it sounds, it's, it's kind of like the Atelier games, yeah, actually. It, That's yeah. the thing I thought of. Mm, um, nerd. Yeah. Those, <laughs> what was the name of the game? that uh, You're talking about the game that came out on Steam. Oh, right. Uh, uh, Sh- Sh- Resetier or whatever R- it's called. Racketeer. Whatever. Risseteer. Risseteer. But, but Risseteer itself. Risseteer. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, dude, yeah. they name all their games these like weird French shit. I I've heard it a lot of different things. I've never heard it called Racketeer. <laughs> it's just like Racketeer. And it kind of sounds like, but in right. that game, actually, you're going out into dungeons and uh, finding out. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about this is that, um, not to name any specific names, but you know, some of the guys on this set aren't exactly known for making the highest quality games all time. But now that sure. they're in a, in a set with three others, it almost kind of like you have to try a little harder and make, <laughs> right, you know, right. to, you're kind of competing against the other games in uh-huh. this collection, right. right? So it'll be interesting to see, you know, which game is the best and, and why right. not. That's true. Um, so uh, one more bit of news. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Matsuno's game, by the way, but we'll see yeah. which is yeah. the best. But. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that would be why I would buy it. <laughs> I definitely. I'm yeah. good. Matsuno. It's true, actually. Okay. That game alone is going to sell the rest of those games. Exactly. So they all should be yes. sending, you know, p- envelopes full of cash to Matsuno, <laughs> the other three guys. And it's coming out on the 3DS. Um, no Vita announcement or anything, but. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Daytona USA coming to PSN XBLA late October. Very nice. Very Yay. nice. Uh, you know, it was. It kind of pissed me off. They released this uh, press release without any screenshots or videos until later on in the day. Right. Uh, and I really wanted to see what the game looked like. And it looks exactly like the Model 2 version. It is. Which is, I don't know what I, how I feel about that, but maybe I like it. What I've what I've heard about this uh, is talking to a friend from Sega yesterday. Actually, is it is basically the Model Two game. The textures, everything exactly the same. Right. 
Um, and he has online play. And I mean, to me, that sounds and great. And a karaoke yeah. mode. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Interesting wow. side story I heard about this is so, you know, there was some talk right when this was getting announced. Sega had some teaser on the net or whatever, like, guess our next game. And it was so obvious because, like, it had Daytona music in <laughs> right. it. Um, <laughs> well, no, wait. It wasn't that obvious because apparently a guy on Gaff started the thread. He was like, Dudes, it's Fighters Mega Mix. <laughs> the song, the song is from Fighters Mega Mix. Do you really think? Yeah, that? yeah. And that, I, but that's because the Daytona car is in Fighters, Fighters Mega Mix, right? right? Okay. Uh, I was but, kind of excited for a second, but then I actually saw the trailer and I'm like, this guy's in here. Ah, that game brings me back. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, you know, Sega had um, uh, this. Uh, you know, some people were worried that it wasn't going to actually be Daytona because they no longer have the license or whatever. Right. Because they put out an arcade uh, recently. They, well, I don't know how recently, but there was. It was a, a few years back. Okay, there was like an alternative version. It was basically Daytona USA without the Daytona license, and it was just called like Sega, you know, racing, racing game or something. Yeah. It was something really, but it was Daytona. <laughs> but I heard an interesting story: is uh, the guy who sings the Daytona music, which is uh, Mitsuyoshi-san, who's mm-hmm. actually a really good friend of ours, and yep. who someday is going to come on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know. He's, he's the one who sang the, you know, Daytona and right. all that. For that version of the game, he had to re-record the songs and just hum really? them. So he just <laughs> hums yeah, the Daytona yeah, part yeah, instead would, of actually would be, saying the it words. It would be awesome uh-huh. if he was just like, Sega Racing Championship. <laughs> That's what he was saying <laughs> last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. That would so. have been hilarious. Um, that would have been uh, awesome. Okay, but yeah. Maybe that'll be a good time. When is that coming out, actually? It comes out October 25th and PlayStation Network and Xbox Live the uh, following day Europe will get it in late November oh nice no Japanese announcement but uh, okay yeah uh, we have to get Missy Oshan is yeah, promising yeah. even since before we started the podcast that he would come on so we'll he get was, him on one of these days he was gonna be the, our number one guest our first actually. guest our yeah. first guest I want him to be on the show he, I'm he's awesome a he's a good friend of ours and he's yeah, really really nice guy too so. see if he could be definitely. on we once uh, uh, ate for um uh Trivia, we once ended a 8-4 uh, TGS party with... Uh, That's uh, right, Mr. Yoshi. Yoshi. Yeah. Doing, he, just, he just stepped up and grabbed the mic and did it. <laughs> and did the game over, yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. From uh, Sega Rally, yes. which is amazing. Okay, so anyways, anyway. something I forgot to mention in our game segment. Uh, we have been playing a game coming uh, out oh, yes. to, uh, oh, yeah. to smartphones yes. soon uh, called Wind Up Night. Wind Up Night. Yeah, actually, Ryan Payton mentioned it on this podcast. I don't oh, know if anybody is? caught it um, during TGS because he actually sought it out and found it at the right. TGS booth. But uh, He has a podcast? No, on our, on our <laughs> podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, on the Ryan Payton show. He yeah. used to have a podcast. Uh, yeah, we, right. we used to be on it. Right. He, uh, yeah, he... Uh, so Wind Up Night is actually... Uh, I wanted to mention it because I was playing it. Speaking of punishing games, actually, because we were yes. playing Dark Souls. Uh, this game is actually a really cool... Um, uh, 2D, well not 2D, it's sort of a 2.5D side-scrolling, yeah, auto-scrolling action platformer. And by auto-scrolling, I'll describe it the way the game's creator, um, Chris, described it to me, which is like the airship levels in Super Mario 3. It's like mm, right, the screen right, is right. always moving. So you're moving your guy, but you're not really controlling. The, you have to kind of go with the flow. The screen is always moving. Right. And uh, it's a really simple sort of um, you know running, jumping, uh, killing enemies, blocking stuff, falling from the sky, and rolling. Those are like it's, your it's only It's almost like moves. a rhythm game. Yeah. Uh, in a sense, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're kind of competing for high scores, but A, it's freaking beautiful. Yeah. yeah like, it looks really good for a phone game, mm. like I have to say. Um, a surprise. And B, um, it's just hardcore punishing. Like, <laughs> the kind of game that I think is fairly hardcore. Like, it's yeah. reasonably hardcore. So, like, what I mean is, like, I don't, I mean fair. Like, it's, it's not cheap hardcore. Right. You die and you're like, damn it, I know I can do that. You have to play it again. And then you're like, I know I can get past that. Yeah. 
And in the first world alone, I would say it's it got it gets pretty much as hard as any game you know that mm. you've probably played of this sort. But there's four worlds, and they get progressively harder. Yeah, and yeah it's I, just going to be one of those games I think that hardcore players latch onto and are like super into right. because it's really freaking hard. I, I've played a lot of iPhone games and mm. a lot of, of platformers for iPhone. I think this is this game is going to be like a runaway hit. Like seriously, like. I love this game. I hope so because you know it's it's a uh, well, well. Of course, I think we mentioned this before, but the reason I'm bringing it up is we're actually we're localizing it into Japanese. So right. We're working on the Japanese version right now, and um, so you know we're getting new builds every day and playing right. the game, and it's like it's been really fun. Like I've actually you know been going home and playing it at night, like after work, just continue because yeah. I want to get past the levels and everything. But um, but yeah, but so you know it's been really enjoyable, and I think people will really dig it. Yeah, uh, it's coming out for Android. Uh. Soon. soon. It's very, very soon, actually. Yes. Uh, sooner than you think. And then it's coming out for iOS um, later this year as well. Right. So definitely keep an eye out for that. So, yeah, yeah, if you own an Android, you finally have a game to play. Yeah. That's yeah. the other thing, too, is like this is what I would call, Mark mentioned this once on the show, too, but this is what I would define as a quote-unquote real game. Like there are yeah. iPhone oh, games, yeah, totally. and then there Absolutely. are like real games on iPhone, which there are very few of. You know, mm-hmm. and this actually falls in that category. This is a game that I would, you know, happily play on like Xbox Live Arcade or PSN or whatever right. too. Definitely. Well. So yeah, yeah. So keep an eye out for it. Yeah. It's called Wind Up Night. Uh, hasn't got a lot of hype so far, but we'll definitely talk about it more once Indeed. it comes out. So. And so now it's time for a little listener mail. Oh, feedback. This week we're gonna change it up a little bit, and Mrs. Hiroko Minamoto. Mrs. Uh, she's baby. Not I'm sorry. Miss. I had a miss, baby in my dream. Right. <laughs> baby, baby swap. Minamoto yeah. <laughs> is going to be reading the questions. Uh, we got these from our website. We got them from Twitter and Gaff. So right. let her rip. Okay. So the first one, um, John on our website says, "Hello, folks from Eight Form. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I have a few questions I'd like to ask." Uh, snip, 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 cutting out about 17 paragraphs because paragraphs, we have to save time. But, <laughs> that um, was my comment. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> it was a little long. Yeah. Done. All right. So question number one. Besides translating documents with game information, etc., do you also work with game codes? Ga- game code. Oh, right. game, game games code. code. Right. So, and if so, is mm. it necessary to have any programming knowledge? So, yeah, I, I, this... I. Included this question because I thought it was, you know, we don't talk a lot about what we do, although Mm. I I don't actually have like a really eye-opening answer to this. But the short answer is uh, mostly no. Like sometimes (laughs) the game text that we receive is actually incorporated in files that are mixed in with game code. But obviously we can't mess with it because we would just destroy the game. So, you know, but for the the (laughs) most part, no, the modern in in the past, actually, during the Super Nintendo days, it used to be that you would basically be editing the actual game code. It was like a nightmare. Richard, I think Richard Honeywood actually talked about that a little bit on our podcast. Great episode. Um, You should go back and watch that. Yes. Listen, listen, (laughs) watch it, too, if you want. But you won't see much. The bar will scroll. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it used to be that you actually got to, you know, had to interfere with the game code much, but not Mm -hmm. so much anymore. But there are, I think that there is kind of an aspect where, like, you know, no, companies usually probably don't request this, but, like, there is, I mean, eventually the the text has to get coded into the game. And, uh, but as far as our job is concerned, we don't Yeah, we're, we're right. not involved in yeah. that part. Okay. Um, question number two. Um, what, de- what degree did you get in order to be a part of 8.4? Any specific degree that would be more suitable for the skills that are required from an employee working at 8.4? JJ, you got to be really good at cooking. <laughs> no, actually, I maybe, wouldn't be working here then. You know, you don't. You know, John doesn't have a degree. That's right. So you don't need one. I did play Death by Degrees, which was yeah. pretty terrible. <laughs> but no. Um, but like you know, really, you just need to be 
be a really good writer and have like be a stickler t- for details is yeah. is among the, yeah writing background you need mm-hmm. um and i think of course if you're a translator you need to be a very good translator and you yes. need to be you know not only like you know there's a lot of translators out there who can just translate stuff word for word but like you also need to understand the culture and understand the meaning behind the words and right. you know be able to understand what the feeling of the reader or the player is and yeah. incorporate that into english which That's is hard very, to do mm. very important though yes mm. yes so I think that answers. So okay. but drop, out of co- drop out of college right now. Flunk <laughs> no, out saying. all of your classes now. You know, right? I, don't, I, I don't have a degree either. That's true. Yes, Mark is the only one that has a degree. I guess. Well, does he have a degree? I don't even know what. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. I guess have he, some degree. Right. Some. We don't even yeah, know what, what degree he has. I think he has some kind of degree. I think I was like Asian studies or something. I was media arts. I was photography major. I had nothing to do with nothing to do with what you currently do. But now we have you take photos of people who visit our office. You got something out of which is like. Totally <laughs> beneath what I studied. Um, and I have a Japanese. I, I majored in Japanese. So yeah. So Brendan's yeah. the only one who actually I'm makes a translator. Sense. So. I know. That's true. That's <laughs> and I, I will say, like, I think that maybe the translation aspect is probably the one that me- needs like a, a you know a degree, formal the most. training of some formal training, level. but not not. It doesn't have to be a degree. Like we, that's that's, true, that's true. not I what agree. we look at. You know, mm, we yeah. just we look at the quality of work that you do, and also like sometimes personality might be involved. Because, Definitely, yeah, yeah. So those are the things that we look at, and those well, are the things that are required. I most guess. deaf, and you know, translating. A lot of people don't even think that writing is part of translating, but you, you know, anybody can. Well, I don't. I don't mean anybody, but I mean. It's like anybody can write English words, but not everybody is actually a good writer. And it's the same thing with translating. You you really should understand and learn how to write well if you want to get into translation. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. let's keep and going. And ah. also have a nice heart. Be, <laughs> be a good nice, person. Be a good yes. person, like all of us. Have yes. a nice heart. We're yeah. all wonderful people here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you guys heart. love us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so next one. Um, friend of the show, Daniel Fight Club, Fight asked... Um, I want to know what your take is on escalating third-party 3DS prices. Rocket Slime 3 and Resident Evil Revelations for 6,000 6, yen. Which is, you know, like we were saying earlier right. a bit, it's kind of expensive. I mean, yeah. that's like, again, even if, we throw, even if we throw Exchange right out the door, that's $60 for, right. a, for a handheld game. Yeah. And uh, my take on it is it's too damn high. Yeah. And we've talked the about this before. too damn high. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially with, you know, the, the pricing of, hand, of uh, mobile phone games and everything else. Yeah. It's right. just like 60 bucks. It it's is. like they're saying, we don't want our games to sell. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm happy that the handhelds have come to handhelds have come to a point where the quality of the games, you know, rivals you know console games. But from ten years ago, well, no, that's not true. <laughs> At come least on. on the 3DS. Come on, Re- Resident Evil Revelations looks very, very good. I okay, mean, if it right. was on a big screen and it was you know equivalent, I think it would look as good as your average you know current home Dreamcast game. game. So no. <laughs> no. come on, dude. I'm just fucking with you. I'm like, mean. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of agree though. I you know. Maybe if you want to make a game like that, you really should just make it on a console. I don't know. Right. I don't want to pay $60 yeah. for a handheld game. Then you need to slash so. at least 2000 yen. 4000 3000 I feel like that is the sweet spot. Yeah. 3000 or 4000 yeah. I think it's coming, though. iPhone's kind of forcing it, for better or for worse. Yeah. So. That's true. We'll see. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So the next one is Ryan via... <laughs> uh, Rin- Rinvi. R-Y-N-V-I-E from Twitter. It's a good try. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an old, old game that never got localized that given the time... Oh, sorry. Let me start over. So is there an old game that never got localized that given the time and funding you would love to go back and translate? 
Mother uh, three. I was gonna say the same thing actually. <laughs> yeah. Mother three for sure. And uh Brendan, you look like you have one. Uh Namco's Venus and Braves. Mm. Ah, ah Venus and that Braves. is a good one. That, that was a PS2 game or yes. a PS2, PS2 game, and it w- and they um, remade it for the PSP. PSP, and mm. it's gorgeous, yeah. and everyone should play it. Not the not the slam the the fan translation of Mother Three. I just would like to no, because apparently it's actually really really. I good. would like to have it translated in, in like an official fashion that like you know I don't have to break the law to play. Definitely right. no, I would love to see that, and I would also love to see the first Mother game was never officially translated. Right. I mean, right. I would like to see all those, and they're out on GBA, so I wish Nintendo would do it, and. You know what? To be honest, we've told Nintendo we'll do it, so we'd be happy to work on <laughs> yeah. it if they ever want I mean, to. But it just seems like it's so not in there. For it too. I know we we really do, and yeah. we understand those games pretty damn well. But why don't we just do it? Just <laughs> just do it anyway. It. Yeah. Here, here you go. Can you please release this? Just hand it over to Nintendo. <laughs> you know what? We'll start a Kickstarter thing yeah. so the fans can pay for the localization, and then we'll, uh, oh, we'll, we'll yeah, do that. And then actually, you know, that's a great I think idea. Nintendo would be very very mad at us. Probably. Yeah, we do kind of. They're our clients. No, no. Well, yeah. I have another one too. Um, I forget the actual Japanese game but it, the one that translates to uh, what is it for whom the frog what is it uh, Ka- do you remember that game for whom the frog told something like that or f- I forgot how you would translate it but yeah it's basically a Game Boy 1 game on the Link's Awakening engine oh, by Nintendo right. I remember this it's, it's a game that in the modern era would have definitely been localized I think yeah. by Nintendo for whatever mm. reason it got passed up but it's this sort of like cute little action RPG and again it's like the Zelda Game Boy Zelda engine um, and it never came out and recently fan translators uh, translated it and put it out which reminded me of it I'd forgotten right. I actually own right. the original copy and um, I kind of would wish that would I would like to see virtual console games for games that never got translated actually get translated and put out on virtual console like yeah. there's not mm. enough of that I think Sega's doing it with like a Monster World or something but uh, yeah, some I game that sounds right. but I would love to see that happen it's really weird and a shame that it hasn't happened yet speaking yeah. of translating old games Guardian Heroes just came out recently that's right yes. and it got retranslated that's right by a good friend of the show and Brian uh, Gray yes, who was yes. on the, our, worked with our, us on Shadows of the Dam Shadows of the Dam episode stuff. I hope we're allowed to say that. I guess we'll check after the show, and if we're yeah. not allowed, we'll beep that out. Yeah. Sorry, you won't we hear this at all. all. Yeah. But well, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, it got a, a it got a translation that actually makes sense now because yes. the first one pretty much did. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, we actually let's pause the feedback for a quick second. We wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about that. You're playing right. Guardian Heroes. Mm-hmm. How is it? And it's, again, let's just say these thoughts are sugar coated by the fact that JJ thinks that's the best game ever made. It, it is. is a good game. Don't get me wrong, um, but we're hearing from the like world's the base, biggest The base game is, is pretty much the same, and it's awesome. It's amazing. If you've never played it, play it. It's 800 bill bucks, whatever. Just, Allard's. just do it. <laughs> Allard's. Uh, the one thing I have as a complaint is that the Xbox 360 controller is not a good controller for this game. Do you need to use the D-pad? The D-pad is like, yeah, yeah, you do. Because you're switching lines. It's like kind of that. Well, it's just it's it's 2D. So the analog thing is like sometimes you'll be ducking for no reason. And like this Uh, game has fighting game motions. Oh, uh, for a special move. So um, Microsoft, why the hell have you not put out a a fixed Xbox controller? It's been like five years. Well, apparently they did. Right. I saw that once, but I never seen it. Like, I mean, I saw that on the Internet, but I never saw the controller surface. If you have like a a stick or like a a, a 2D controller, like David Ellis, I know you listen to this podcast. I am now putting it on your shoulders. Go to your bosses and get them to put out a freaking controller that has a D-pad that works. Like, I just (laughs) I want to plug in my Sega Saturn controller. Like. Seriously, yeah, that would be awesome if you could yeah. do that. But anyways, those of you who didn't play Sega it, Saturn like sitting. I know Sega <laughs> Saturn looms over us right <laughs> now because we are we understand that it is holy. Yes, but um, uh, Gar- for those who haven't played it, Guardian Heroes is a sort of uh, 
I think this version is what eight player, twelve player, twelve player. Well, no, it's two player story wise, but it twelve in, player in versus mode it goes up to twelve. It's a beat 'em up, like a sort of final fight style side scrolling action game. Really cool graphics for the time. It was pretty revolutionary as yeah, far as how it looked because it um, blended RPG elements along with uh, like a fighting game battle system and right. an action game. And now, and it's setting. got a story and that. And again, like. Joking aside, it actually makes sense now. It's really right. and it's really well written, so uh, it's definitely worth checking out if you're into that sort of. Thing. Yep. Cool. All right. Sorry, Hiroko. Yeah. Getting back to your <laughs> feedback. Okay, We're all over the place. I'm doing a bad job as a host. <laughs> all right. So, um, Plimpsol from Twitter. So, Sports. When did you all decide to move to Japan, and why? What is the best game localization you have seen? Uh, I chased my wife here actually <laughs> after graduating from college. She had to go back to Japan, and I was like, I want to be with you. <laughs> and so I came to Japan and became an English teacher and blah, 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 blah. The best. So how many years ago was that? That was five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. we, we now have a son and mm-hmm. lived ha- happily ever after. Uh, the Beautiful. best localization I've ever seen is Monster Hunter Try. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, four, up in this joint. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was the qu- The first question was, when did you come to Japan? Uh-huh. Uh, I came uh, similar reasons. I guess I came to Japan 11 years ago, partly for because I wanted to work here, mm-hmm. and partly because girlfriend at the time was moving back after having lived in the U.S. But um, I had always wanted to move here actually for work and be in the game industry in Japan. So that was kind of a long thing in coming. You know, I was just thinking. By the way, I called out David Ellis, but it, it, those I wonder who sticks around for this kind of stuff, right? The feedback is very <laughs> like I mean, we're, we're sort of inside baseball kind of talking about ourselves and right. I know like as a listener I personally find this stuff interesting but I bet you a lot of people already flicked off so mm-hmm. if you are still listening make sure you tweet David Ellis and let him know what we said in case he's already, <laughs> in case he's already hung up basically <laughs> sorry to interrupt there Okay. Uh, so- and as far as great localizations of course I'm not going to mention a game that we worked on so if we talk about other games um, I'm trying to think I would say um, yeah I guess it would probably be okay I, I I didn't think about this enough beforehand, so I can't say for absolute sure, but definitely one of my favorites, at least in recent years, was Dragon Quest V. Um, we, we did six. We didn't do five, so that's uh, not <laughs> yeah, saving our own like game it. here. <laughs> but uh, Dragon Quest V, as I thought, you know, that was a game that was very near and dear to my heart, and that was actually one of the first games I played in Japanese to sort of get me start learning Japanese back in the day, and wow. playing it in English finally and seeing what a great job those guys did on the localization was uh, was pretty awesome. So. Mm, cool. Brandon? Yeah, Brendan. Okay, I had... The probably the least interesting reason to come to Japan. I was a <laughs> Japanese major in college, graduated from college, but I wanted to still wanted to get better at my Japanese, so I just came to Japan to work as a translator, and I've been popping around various places working as a translator until I eventually found my way here. And you were as, in Hokkaido, right? I was in Hokkaido wow. for two years mm. in the cold. Um, it was fun. Localization. What do you Favorite like? localizations probably Vagrant Story. Nice. Alex Which Smith. is Alex, uh, Alex, Alex Smith, Smith right? That, right. Show. that one, yeah. Uh, it's such a shame that that game was released without any voices. Um, it was. At, ah. It came at the very end of the PlayStation's life, sti- life cycle, and everyone was kind of wished that it had come out in the PlayStation Two because it would have looked a lot nicer, mm. and they probably wouldn't be able to get would have been able to get voices on in there. And the dialogue is so amazing in that game that even if even though there aren't any voices, you will read it aloud to yourself just because you like the sound of it. Maybe you will. I can see Brendan in his room alone going, "Pretty great warrior." Yes. <laughs> okay. well, I, I will say it was. Yeah, that did have a really awesome localization and i think that's one of the games that actually looks good if you play it on a ps2 with the with the that's what i've heard yeah Mm. so 
But it'd be nice if it comes out on, on PS3 or whatever. Cool. On PS3 or... Wait, maybe it is out on PS3. It probably is already, right? Yeah, PS1? I think it's on the PS1 yeah, classics yeah. thing. Anyway. All right, okay. let's keep moving. All right. So, um, Final Max Storm from RPGamer.com. Um, oh. What's the history and organizational setup of 8.4? <laughs> you know what? Wow, I, that's a kind of a loaded question. I did. I was thinking about it. Like maybe we could just briefly answer this, but uh, yeah, I think probably we need to save that for another day. I mean, the short answer is we just turned six. Actually, right? Yay! We were six years old. We talked about. Did we talk about that? We had a pizza party. Yeah, yes. actually. No, we, oh, and actually, we had a very, very, very nice present from Alex. Yes, that's right. For, yes, uh, uh, CVX freak, uh, our Resident Evil Gen uh, Turn man, yes. also known as Gen Turn, also known as Alex. Uh, had uh what what did he well, give us he Jericho? he um asked his friend to uh draw a picture of all of us which i was posted. done in col- yeah uh, you posted on your twitter yeah i posted on our on my twitter and yeah we'll put it's, we'll put it up on the site for you to see it was done in colored pencil mm-hmm. uh yes. we all kind of look like that um mostly <laughs> sort of. it's you know everybody's got distinguishing features my that are like slightly my, exaggerated uh-huh. my forehead is not that big <laughs> Like I, I have a normal for it. Somebody on somebody on Twitter said I look like a what was it a chipmunk? Chipmunk, you, you, yeah. Because like, like, like I look like I'm chewing tobacco. Um, I look like uh, I have a terrifying look on my. Brendan, face. you look like the Joker. <laughs> I do kind of look like a Joker. Brendan looks picture. like he's about to like get, take take I'm your kid kill away. Kill someone. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Win Turn looks like a twelve year old. Uh, Mark, Mark looks like kind of like a friendly mom. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sort of feminine look to him. Looks like he's from Wisconsin. But it's a really awesome thought. Yeah, I yeah. super appreciate yeah. it. Um, we have our friend uh, from Sega, Hasegawa-san, was saying that it sort of reminds him of the, the portrait in Family Ties. Remember that? Right, show, yeah, Family exactly. Ties? Yeah. It does, actually. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, that was, we had our birthday. Uh, uh-huh. We were six years old. And um, mm-hmm. basically, um, we started in 2005. Hiroko and I started the company. Um, yep. Mark came on a couple years later. Mm-hmm. So Hiroko, Mark, and I run the company together uh different responsibilities obviously but we're sort of uh we're partners and then uh jj and brendan here work for us we mm-hmm. also have interns mm-hmm. we have lots of fr- translators and contract <laughs> guys and uh hiroko's mom works for us for an hour a week <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true it's, it's a little family thing but it's um a little family she, thing. she brings us really awesome and expensive fruits that's right <laughs> yeah and flowers to like yeah. uh, flowers. freshen up the office yes. from uh-huh. your, your stink but um <laughs> Anyway, that's about what I could say for now. Maybe we'll get into it more another sure. time. But okay, let's Is keep that, going. Oh, okay. Here's more. So V Ben from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if you guys could talk about voice acting, like how choosing voices for roles works, and all that. Oh, that's a good one. Have we talked about that before? I guess not. Maybe a little, uh, a little bit. I think. Yeah, maybe a mm. little bit. All right, we'll give you the short version again because we're in a rush. But uh, right. basically, when we work on projects that have voices, like we end up often going out to the studio in Los Angeles. Mm. We sit in. We we first actually, you know, we'll kind of send out a kind of an explanation to the game uh, to the voice studio of what kind of actors we're looking for for the different roles. Right. Kind of explain the characters. They'll check it out. They'll come back with auditions. We'll listen to them. Some of them will be good. Some of them will be horrible. You have the power. We kind of, I think, I, I vaguely remember talking about this, but anyway, we end up, you I think know, we, did, we team up with the dev team usually and kind of decide together on who to choose. And right. then we end up going out to the studio and overseeing the voices. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it goes really well. Sometimes, you know, like Nier is a case that I actually went out and sat with the director of the game uh, for like two weeks and we did everything like, you know, kind of really hands on. And I thought it turned out well. But then, mm. you know, sometimes we just sort of ship the voices off and don't really have a part in the studio. Studio and mm-hmm. that could turn out well, and it sometimes doesn't turn out well. I'm not going to name <laughs> names, but you know, right, yeah. 
But, uh, but yeah, that's sort it's of the process. It's a very interesting process. Super interesting yeah. process. Yeah. We'd love to do more of it. It's just that we're in Japan and, you know, you, you basically, when you want to record good game voices, you don't do it in Japan. You do it in the U.S., mm-hmm. you know, close to Hollywood, in California, and with real actors. Um, we actually flew an actor out to Japan once to work, Liam O'Brien, did, our friend, yeah. uh, who's a really, really great voice oh, that actor, was actually. Fun. He uh-huh. came out to work on a game with us here in Japan once, but mm-hmm. yeah, if you don't bring the good actors here, you basically have to go there. Yeah. So. yeah or you'll get like an English teacher who's like me, and just like, <laughs> hey girls, my name is Bert. So you were a voice actor. I got a machine gun on my hand. What was your, what was your favorite line? Oh, my, uh, I, my favorite was the yeehaw. I, don't, please don't. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, okay. Anyway, next. we're almost um, done here. Okay. Kotowari from Twitter. Um, are you guys still hiring? Would you say my <laughs> application was the best ever or the greatest to date? <laughs> so I put that in there, actually. That was a clever line. Uh, but I put that in there specifically because I did want to actually re-mention that we, we are hiring and we are going to look. We got a lot of applications when we first mentioned yeah. this on the Twitter, on, on the Twitter, on the podcast. And we're really happy about that, but we've been super busy. And in fact, we're just getting busier and busier, which is why we haven't really had time to go through them, but we will. But that is we are hiring. one reason that we do, should go yes, through them. And, and <laughs> we will, yes. very soon. So it's, yeah, if you sent an yeah. application, you're, unless you like smeared it with your own feces or something, you're probably still in the running. And uh, we're also looking for uh, you know Japanese people as well, which probably isn't, there's no point in uh, announcing that on this podcast. That's true, they don't but there might be know. like a bilingual Maybe. Japanese person out there. But, um, we are but, yeah. hiring <laughs> Definitely hiring, getting crazy busy, and that's why I threw that in there. Hmm. Um, okay, so I think this last is one. the last one. Uh, <laughs> friend of the show, Shane Mangod Bettenhausen. Fuck <laughs> you, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sparks, is Mark ba- Mark McDonald back yet? <laughs> the answer to that is no. Suck it. <laughs> so I think Shane was a little. I don't know if he was actually. I think he's just. I think he's teasing. teasing yeah, yes. I don't think he uh, actually was. That bummed, but you know we got a lot of nice feedback about the last show. Yeah. We can sort of hang with Mark ex- a little, a little. I was kind of uh, happy about all the positive feedback I was getting. Right. Yes. Thank hey, you. For before that we wrap up, feedback. though, yes, thank you very much. It was <laughs> yes. really actually nice to hear because I was pretty yeah. terrified after last episode. I was like, oh, it's going to be bad, but people <laughs> actually seem to really like it, and we appreciate it. Right. And, uh, yes, thank you. Totally forgot to talk about one minor thing. Well, it's not that minor, <laughs> but I want to mention it. Is last week? Mm-hmm. Where did we go? On October 10th. October 10th. Where did we go? Let With Hip Tanaka and oh. uh, Chokan. Yes. Where did we go? Oh, yeah. We went yeah. to the Zelda Symphony Orchestra 25th anniversary concert yes, in Tokyo. Because of your great luck. Yes, I have like the Super Nintendo luck where I, I, where did I not win get in. everything from Nintendo. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. Not only did I get four tickets in the good seats, but they were front row. Like they were yeah, awesome seats. They were awesome seats. Um, and the concert was awesome. I haven't heard seen anybody really talking about it yet, so I wanted to bring it right. up. But um, I should have brought the flyer. They gave like a program that came uh, with it. But um, have it. they played, um, I don't know, what was it? 14 songs or something and um, they took fan feedback when you applied for the tickets in Japan anyway oh, right, so right, you right, could right. say what kind of songs you wanted to hear and uh, did they, they play your song? They, well, they did actually it was part of um, I, I asked for the I think the overworld music in uh, Link to the Past and oh, yes. or not the overworld the uh, the dark the world, dark world right, yeah, the dark music world. in Link to the Past and they did play that as part of one of their tracks but um, it was a really well done like it was very professional like I felt like you know I am in an adult location. I'm not at a game thing. Like, right. yeah, but there, there, there were a lot of um, young audience. The audience yes. was surprisingly mm-hmm. young, yes. Was there guys with their backpacks and their, you know, the Actually, huge camera? there and... wasn't that many of those. That, really? Yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. And, like, I mean, it was hard to get in. You had to win these tickets, basically, right, to be right. able to go. And um, 
they uh you know they they had two hosts who were actually kind of famous people very, from very Japan and hosts. they were really great yeah. hosts it was awesome and um one was Shokotan really yeah she's yeah. in the commercials here in exactly. uh, Japan she yeah, was great yeah. and she was she a, she's awesome. a Zelda nerd so she yeah. was like yeah. nerding I mean, she, out during the concert like a nerd for like she plays I know, a lot I know. of yeah. she's um, very video popular games in the nerd community and, yeah but she knew like details about like she yeah, knew she wasn't was just awesome. like reading a script she knew her Zelda shit and uh. Uh, you know, Miyamoto was there. He came out on stage, and Aonuma Aonuma came did. out. Kondo-san, uh, Koji I, Kondo, who did. I the love music the way that Kondo-san appeared on stage because you know he came up and he, um, well, he interacted with the audience, and then after right. that, he played his song. Like he, he did. Well, they, I was going to get to that, but they had this oh. one. They had one part. It's okay. They had this one part where uh, he they had this kind of goofy thing where he comes out with a sword from Zelda, <laughs> and like they had fan. So you know, in Ocarina of Time, in yeah. the Overworld, um, the music would change on the fly depending on how you, uh, you know, if, if enemies show up. Right, suddenly. right. And they had the orchestra version of that in the end credits to the 3DS version, but they couldn't put it in the real game because you can't, like, do orchestra music on the fly, like, have it right, change on the fly, right? right? It wouldn't mm, have worked. Well, back then it wouldn't have. Right? Well, no, now it wouldn't either. I mean, it, it would have been a lot of work, I suppose, to do that, yeah. to make that, you know. And, uh, but what he did was, so they tried to replicate that live, basically. They, he would hold up the sword, and we would hold up our, uh, the, the audience holds up their um, program. And if, depending on which side you show, you either want it to be, like, the bad music, like the enemies there, or the good music. Like, you know, <laughs> and, um, it was kind of goofy and silly, but it was also kind of cool. Did Miyamoto come out with an ocarina? And- <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He was very, uh, you know, professional. They played a bunch of music. Um, the track list was really good. They played stuff from pretty much every game except Zelda 2. I was kind of bummed. Oh, um, That was my request, actually. <laughs> but a couple of observations. These are like my impressions that I don't have time to post anywhere, so I'm going to say right. them here. One, I was really surprised. The older music, which is more nostalgic and meaningful to me, wasn't as amazing in the concert as the newer stuff. And I think my deduction, my re- my reasoning, I think for that is that you know the newer music was kind of made to be orchestrated in the in, to begin with. So like Wind Waker's music was amazing. This concert, they did a Wind Waker like melody with like. Uh, they did parts medley. from the end credits, a medley. Sorry, yeah. and uh, it was it was amazing. It was so amazingly good. And they ended it also with like uh, the main theme. So when you first turn on the NES game, you know that music that done right. that done. They had an orchestrated version of that that went into the overworld music from the Super Nintendo version. It was mind blowing. It was so. And this is gonna. Good. I had like this, tears in my eyes. It was this so is gonna good. be the in the special edition. Uh, Apparently, yeah, it's gonna be one version of this. I don't know if it's like one of these or if it's like a separately recorded one. Will be right. in the in the in the CD if you pre-order Skyward Sword. So here, I'm gonna spoil the end. I don't know if the US concert's gonna be like this or not, but um, at the end, they finished up with that amazing main theme. Then they ended up, and then they had an encore, and Koji Kondo came out and actually played the piano, um, played a song, which was really cool. I guess oh, nice. I already spoiled nice. the end. You did. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, there's two other cool things about it. Because, um, I mean, not many people are going to get to go to this concert, so I do want to tell right. what else was cool about it. Uh, and then after that, they had another thing, like an encore. Aonuma came out and talked to the crowd, and mm. then they played music from Skyward Sword. Which oh, was awesome. really, that was like cool. a bonus. Mm, yeah, that yeah. was really cool. And the, all that music is actually orchestrated in the game. Already, yeah. Yes. And it was really good. I mean, it was yeah. it was cool. One other really awesome thing is uh, one of the songs was Ganondor, uh, Ganondorf's theme. Uh-huh. And for this part, they had a dude oh, yeah. in a cape, like, like Ganondorf. <laughs> you, know, you know, in Ocarina of Time when he's yes. like playing the piano, they had a right, dude right, in a right. cape come out on the top, like, you know, above the orchestra <laughs> and sit down at the piano and play it, just like <laughs> yeah, Ganon did in the game. Organ. It's like the yeah. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, yeah it was really mm-hmm. cool. Everybody was cracking up. But yeah, it was a super cool concert. Really glad I got to go. We actually invited some Nintendo legends with us, so we went and saw it with Hip Tanaka and uh, th- our friend Chokan, who used to be one of the guys who ran Mario Club at Nintendo. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So it, he worked. He actually entered the company at the same time Kondo did. Yeah. So they're like they're like buddies. They're like Doki. So mm-hmm. anyway, super anyway. awesome concert and uh, pre-order the game, and I think you'll get to hear that on the disc. So yeah. 
So that brings us to the end of this uh, episode. <laughs> I feel like this, this episode is very like high tension. We yeah. were talking it was, fast. It was very energy high was high because we had to get done kind of fast. Yeah. And <laughs> we were all over the place. Mark is going to kill me when he gets back. Right. Um, but hope you enjoyed uh, it. We hope you enjoyed it. John, tell us where they can find us online, please. 8-4.jp, our website. You can leave feedback there. Uh, Facebook, look us up. So I still think people are having a hard time finding us on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I saw that. But basically, if you can't find us, try looking up 8-4-play. Try looking up 8-4-limited. I don't know. You'll find us. We're on there. I promise. Oh, you could you could search on Google, right? Yeah, that's that's what some one guy said. He looked up eight four Facebook on Google, and that's how he found it. Right. Page. But anyway, I promise we're there. Um, we're also on Twitter at eight four play or our personal Twitters. Uh, mine is John TV Hiroko Hiroko eight four JJ S P R S K Brendan Brendan Beyond. And uh, also on the NeoGAF forums, the OneUp forums, uh, and so on and so forth. And again, um, please check, uh, look for JJ's live blog of the Level 5 yes, event. tomorrow. Uh, pr- provided the internet works in uh, that right. place. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Friday night, 7 p.m. Uh, U.S. time on OneUp.com. Yep. All right. So who's going to take us out? John, do you want to take us out? Let's uh, I, think, I, think you Let's... Should, I think you should take us out, family tie style. All right, then. Sha-na-na-na. <laughs> was, was that how it went? <laughs> I think so. Sha-na-na-na. Sha-na-na-na. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. I bet we've been together for a million years. Like I started breathing on the night we kissed And I can't remember what I ever did before What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing Uh, there's, there's a rule about people that are standing in a doorway with their back to you. Well. The rule is get the fuck out. Try stabbing him in the the back. back. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. I'm gonna say you can. Yeah, stabbed him! Oh my god, it did no damage. Now he's dead. What? No, he's not. Okay. Why are you fighting Sauron? Oh my god. Is he, he's behind you? I don't I don't care. I'm going back to the bonfire. You should probably look just in case. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, Sam. Does he actually Oh fuck! <laughs> but if he wants to stay at the bonfire. He can't stay at the bonfire. He's a fucking enemy. They don't do that shit. Yeah! Yeah, can't get me, fucker! Back up, I'm level What the <laughs> fuck! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sauron is the last of the OGs! Oh, he just...